Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. Good morning, Mike. It's Wednesday, and we are in St. Louis, Missouri. Yes, gorgeous St. Louis, Missouri, right by the Cardinal Stadium. Yes. Where I feel uh, it wells up the, the young Brewers fan inside me. Just it angers me to see that Cardinals logo. <laughs> the Bush Stadium. Yeah, it makes right. me think of the 1982 World Series. And um, that was the first Ouch. time I cried over a sporting event. <laughs> I, re- I cried. And I even said, when I was six years old, I said, if I ever see a Cardinal, I'm going to shoot it in the sky. Oh, Mike. Yeah. That's no, horrible. I, well, I was six. I was a little okay. I was we'll overreacting. Let it go. <laughs> this wasn't, I wasn't 36. This didn't right. just happen. But we're in St. Louis, and yeah. last night we uh, had a show in Alton, Illinois, yeah. which is just uh, what, about 20 minutes or so from here. Yeah, it's just a suburb, and it was really fun. Al- Alton was. is a very haunted place. So we talked to the expert on hauntings in Alton, Illinois. That's right. And so this this week's show has a little bit different format in that um, you're just going to hear the audio from last night's interview with Luke Nalaborski. Mm-hmm. And um, instead of our usual song of the week, you're going to hear Mike and I doing acoustic performances of uh, several songs, which is what we did at the coffee shop last night, Mava's Coffee Shop. If you ever get a chance to stop there, it's a really cool place, and they make a great cappuccino. Yes, so. they do. No, the coffee was great. <laughs> and you can, you can hear that uh, because Wendy and I are, are a touch jacked up. <laughs> I think you can. I think you'll be able to hear how open our eyes are. Yes. But this is an experiment. It was our first live podcast. That's right. And so, um, so and I mean, let us know how it sounds. Let us know if you enjoyed the live format versus the yeah. uh, pre-recorded format. And just um, please, we're always looking for feedback. And you will hear the coffee maker going, the espresso machine, yeah, and the no, beans grinding, and it's everything. A, so. I mean, it's a setting at a coffee shop, of and course. They, and they've got to they've got to eat. That's right. So they had That's to right. uh, make coffee for people. Yes. So, and just another quick announcement before we get into the audio from that. Mm-hmm. Um, we will have a bonus bonus episode tomorrow, which will be our live performance we're going to do tonight, which will be a similar thing, but we're interviewing um, a, another expert in local hauntings in Little Rock, Arkansas. So. so, all right. So make sure you check that out. Bonus episode of See You on the Other Side coming out tomorrow. And we're going to dive right in because I hit forgot to hit record at the beginning of our intros. So <laughs> okay. we'll just cut you right into the, the middle of the intro section. To Luke Nelaborski <laughs> from Alton Hauntings. Here we go. Weird things, um, strange science, afterlife stories. Uh, UFOs, conspiracy theories, things like that, and then we tie it into uh, pop culture. And the end of every podcast, we always play a song inspired by the topic we talk about. So like last week, we talked about conspiracy theories and the Illuminati, and so we had a, a song about conspiracy theories inspired, using that as a metaphor. Um, and we have, we've also talked about things like El Chubacabra, um, and... That inspired a song that we just released today, too, so... Oh, that's right. We did. We released... I, for, I completely forgot. Like, the day's half over, and like, <laughs> I know. We, we released a, a new EP today, too. But those topics are fun, so anything anything um, unusual or mysterious or things we're not totally sure of, uh, we like to talk about them. So, and so uh, we're from Madison, Wisconsin, and uh, we're coming through on a, a tour we're going to play um, during South by Southwest in Austin um, by Thursday, hopefully, <laughs> if the band makes it. And um, and so part of what we do, we thought we'd do a, like try a live podcast. We've been doing this podcast since Halloween, one one episode per week, which means one song a week. 
which is means no sleep. Um, <laughs> and so we thought this would be a perfect place because it's got some stories about it. And we're here um, with Luke from Alton Hauntings. Mm -hmm. And they do haunted tours of the town and stuff like that. And we thought, who better to talk about uh, to talk about like weird stuff in Alton than Alton Hauntings? And um, Luke, why don't you introduce yourself real quick? Hi, my name is Luke Nalaborski. Um, as he said, I'm one of the tour guides for the Alton Hauntings Ghost Tours. I've been doing those for about seven or eight years now. Um, I got into the paranormal around 2001. I don't know if you guys remember the store that used to be here in town, the History and Hauntings Book Company that was ran by Troy Taylor. Um, I had went in there one night and, and uh, bought a whole bunch of books for myself. And then when I went to pay for them, the guy opened the book up and started writing stuff in it. And I was like, what the hell? You know? <laughs> I'm like, you know, what, what's he doing? And we got outside and I t asked my wife, I'm like, what did he write in the book? And she looked and she realized that that was Troy Taylor. So he was just signing his name is oh what he was gosh. doing. Oh my gosh, how cool. And, um, yeah, so then we were actually up this way for the whole weekend for our anniversary and um we went uh, back into his store, and then I kind of got to talk to him a little bit, and, and uh, he told me about the tours in Alton, and I went on one of his tours, and he kind of hasn't been able to get rid of me since. So uh, we've done a lot of adventures together. We've gone on investigations all over. Um, back in 2002, I believe it was, we did a, a little stint on the Learning Channel for a TV show called uh, America's Ghost Hunters, Mysterious World, or something like that, and uh, they took investigative groups from all over the country. And had them do their examples of how they would do an investigation. And, uh, you know, we're, with us being part of the American Ghost Society, we use a lot of history to explain hauntings. Um, there was another group who did EVP, which you guys are familiar sure. with. But for those of you who aren't, it's an electronic <laughs> voice phenomenon. It's where you ask questions in a haunted location, use some kind of recording device, and uh, you try to get responses to the questions. And you guys should look up, you should, if you haven't listened to EVPs, you should Google EVPs sometime, because you'll hear some super scary stuff. And whether it's real or not, just hearing like some voice like saying, get out, there's something, it, it scares the crap out of you. And the worst part of that is you don't hear the get out until you get home and listen to it. Right. And, and you realize, oh my God, you know, if I would have known he was wanting me to get out, I probably would have. But you're still sitting there asking more and more questions. So Yeah, you're, you're uh, yeah. oh, hi, hi, I like your house. How, you know, and then he's going... Get out! Now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's just what they say to me. That's what live people say to me. So, um, no, but as far as you know, Troy's funny because uh, he's like the guy that really set up the Midwest as far mm -hmm. as when it comes to ghost stories and um, building your own business off it and things like that. He's an inspiration, and he was really funny that um, I've never been to Alton, but I met him in New Orleans one time. Mm -hmm. We were just walking around and my sister had known him my sister started the ghost tour in milwaukee okay and so we were in new orleans and she's like hey troy what's going on and he was just waiting in line at some bar and it's like yeah, this that is, sounds like troy actually yeah, <laughs> this, is, this was really random and so um when we started planning our trip uh to austin this year i was like well we should probably see what's going on in alton mm -hmm. and uh glad we did so yeah and I was just going to say really quickly that when I when I googled you know Alton paranormal hauntings, I was astounded by the amount of information online because I've researched other cities and places that we're heading toward you know just to kind of see what's cool, what's happening, and uh, it was just there link after link after link of the history and the the different tours that are here. So I was pretty excited that you know pleasantly surprised to see how many different. <laughs> right, yeah, they, they sure. call Alton one of the most haunted small towns in America. Wow. And I mean, there's, you know, our tours, we just, we hit Broadway and 3rd Street, and that's about it, and that's going to be three to four hours long, you know, and it's Sheesh. just a big, a big little <laughs> oval there, and I mean, there's just so many stories, and, and the tour could be 
three times as long if we told you everything we knew <laughs> just along that yeah. route. Are you from this area originally? I grew up in Belleville, so it's about oh, 40 okay. minutes from here. We yeah. used to play at a place familiar. called the, the, <laughs> oh, cool. the 313 in yeah, Belleville. Yeah, 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 on Main yeah. Street. Yep. And that's, there used to be a store called Beatniks with like Bell Vegas yep. t-shirts. Uh -huh, and you stuff. got it. Yeah, no, we've, we've had a lot of, well, I don't remember that much about Belleville, except that we had fun. That's <laughs> No, that, that, that whole district there along, uh, that's uh, East Main Street, and, and it's real historical too. A lot of ghost stories along that road too. That's cool. Maybe we'll have to go back there again. There you yeah, go. I think so. <laughs> Check it out. I think so. Okay. So, um, did something, like you said, you were getting into it in like 2001, 2002. Did, did you have an experience or anything like that that kind of made you, that was like, hey, now I got to check this out? Yeah, actually, um, a, a couple things. One was as a kid, um, I remember this. I was six years old and my aunt was babysitting my brothers and I, and I couldn't sleep. So I was flipping channels and I, I watched The Shining. Ooh. For the first time, so I'm a six-year-old, <laughs> yeah, six-year-old kid. Yeah, that was and, six uh, years old. Yeah, yeah, that's... yeah. When I watched The Shining, so I think that kind of started it a little <laughs> bit. Um, and then you guys might remember those scary stories books that you could get in grade school. Yeah, the real cool sketches in them. Mm -hmm. I used to love reading those. Those are cool. And uh, <laughs> I think the the biggest story for me, as far as the ghost story growing up, um, involved a house that was catty corner from ours, and. Wait, did you say Caddy Corner? Caddy Corner. Yeah. Okay, that's the first time I've, I've always heard Kitty Corner. Oh no, I always say Caddy Corner. Okay, so no, I just <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> tomato, tomato, Reg Kitty you know, Corner, Caddy Corner. Regional dialects are fun. <laughs> right. So Kitty Corner. The way yeah. Right. Okay. Now it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. From our house, and uh, I used to have to walk past this house every day to school, mm -hmm. and nobody lived in this house. Uh, it was vacant for years, and um, there was one one time whenever there was a local charity organization that actually turned it into a haunted house for the Halloween oh, season, cool. and they were having a lot of things happen in this house, and, and there was actually a big write-up about it. Like, they would build a wall, and then the next day they'd come in, and the wall would be dismantled, and all the boards would just be stacked up. Okay. Or, you know, oh, while that's... they were working, they would set a hammer down, go get nails, come back, and the hammer would be gone. Things like this were happening. And um, as a kid, though, uh, part of me wondered if they were just saying it for to promotional. You know, right. You know, so, because, I mean, it got a huge write-up on the front page. Um, so it's good publicity. Great marketing plug. Right. Yeah. Well, after the um, haunted house closed down and everything, they had left a candle in the first floor window. So every time I would walk past that house, I would see the candle. Well, then there was one day where I was walking home from school, and uh, I saw the candle was gone. And I'm like, that's weird. And I kind of looked up, and it was in the second floor window, which should not have happened. Because, again, <laughs> the place was was empty for so long. Yeah. And um, it kind of surprised me a little bit, but I just you know blew it off. Well, then a couple weeks later, if you were sitting in our living room and looked out our big family window, you could see right at this house. And uh, I don't know why. I just looked out the window. was looking at that house. It was dark out. And all of a sudden, down in the basement window, I could see light. And I'm watching this light, and it was getting brighter and brighter. Then all of a sudden, you actually see a candle flame going down oh, like that past wow. that window because that was the window with the basement stairs. Okay. Well, the next day when I went to go to school, the candle was gone. So that was my uh, first brush with the paranormal. Yeah, now also, nice. yeah, also at that house, uh, there was one time where there was a guy out in the yard. It had a real big yard with trees and uh, a guy was cutting these trees down. And he was stacking the wood up and my father, or my stepdad, told my brother and I to go over there and ask if we can get some of this wood for our fireplace. So a little bit later after he said that, we ran over there. Well, the guy was gone. So we thought, well, maybe he'd be inside. So we went to the front door and started knocking. Now, as we're knocking on the door, you could hear footsteps of somebody coming to the door, but they never answered it. Well, then you would knock again, and you'd hear footsteps coming to the door again. You never heard the oh, footsteps wow. leaving the door. It was always coming to the door. Strange. So I think it was on the, the third time we knocked yeah. and heard these steps that we just went in and assumed nobody was home, and we ran mm -hmm. back home. 
Well, then uh, the following weekend, the guy was out cutting wood again, so we ran over while he was outside, and we asked him, you know, if we could borrow some of the, or if we'd have some of the wood, and he said, sure, you know, go ahead, help yourself, and we said, uh, you know, do you, do you live here now? And the guy said, oh, no, this place is empty, and we said, well, we came last week, and we're knocking on the door, and we heard somebody come, and, and the guy just smiled, and that was it, so... Uh, yeah, he didn't, never, he didn't say anything about it being haunted uh, or anything like that. But Interesting. Um, since then, the house has actually been torn down, and uh, they built another one on its mm-hmm. spot. But um, that's my first personal experience. That's right. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> to get to see those things firsthand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> question and wonder, especially like with the candle thing. Yeah, no, the candle <laughs> was, was great. Uh, I mean, I can still see it today, just how, wow. how it looked. So when you... Uh, okay. Hey. <laughs> so when you started to get into it, so... Um, you started hanging out with Troy, and you're like, "Hey, maybe there's a business in this, or what were you, you know?" Because I mean, yeah. it is something where, because I started a, a ghost tour in Madison, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and it really, uh, it's fun, haunted history, and you know, I, I haven't seen anything weird on that particular path, but a lot of other people have, and it's a fun thing to do. Um, but it is kind of a when you talk about getting into it, you know, when some people are like, "Oh, you know, are you interested in the paranormal?" Mm-hmm. Most people are like. I think you're nuts. Right. So, like, <laughs> was it hard to get started into it? Well, actually, for me, um, it's not a career. It's a hobby. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I have fun doing it. Sure. And, uh, you know, I don't have to, if things don't go right, you know, it, it's fine. You know, it's, I really enjoy doing this. You don't have to start killing people no, to make no, ghost yeah, stories. Make you're like, ghost oh, I, gotta, I need no, some ghost stories here. Not at here. that point yet. Um, <laughs> you know, I think uh, what I always tell people is, you know, when they say, why do you do this? And, well, to find the answers, you know, to see, are, are, are ghosts real? But then, in the back of my mind, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, you know what? I hope we don't find the answers because I'm having so much fun, it's not fun looking then. for it, you know. <laughs> right. And if we find the answers, well, then maybe it's not going to be so, as much fun anymore. So, um, <laughs> you know, we enjoy doing it. I love telling stories. Um, you know, when all these people leave, as long as you guys are still here, I'll keep telling stories. You know? <laughs> Great. So it, it doesn't matter to me. I, I just love telling stories. Yeah, we do too. I feel like hearing them and and right um, throughout our travels across the country, we've played at a lot of venues that have stories of hauntings, and mm-hmm. we've explored even some of the the venue owners have taken us like down in the basement areas and stuff and it's just so neat because you know each place has its own stories and history and like the folklore that from owner to owner and from you know patron to patron the stories how they change and as mm-hmm. people see different things it's just fascinating to yeah no i, to I, learn totally, those I totally i love as much as i love telling stories i love hearing stories yeah too, so. that's cool <laughs> yeah but you know as far as the career of this um you know i i started Getting into investigations, um, Troy actually introduced me to some people that I, I worked with for a little bit, and um, they lived on the Missouri side. So when we're doing investigations, it meant a lot of late nights, you know. Oh, so sure. um, I worked with them for a while, and and uh, actually had one of my first. You know, everybody whenever they think of hauntings, they always think of full figure apparitions, you know, and ghosts, and you know, right, like and, a big white sheep coming. Right, at you. yeah, and yeah. and it's it's not like that, you know. And I always have the conversation with people where it's not like television at all, you know, and people have these misconceptions of what an investigation is like. It's, it's not that way. And, um, but I have been lucky enough to see what I think were at least five full-figured apparitions since I've been wow. doing investigations, which is a lot. Yeah. Like, no, it's like a full, it, like, it, dude to the extent it. where, like, I'm looking at you mm-hmm. and then realize that you're not real. Oh, you're my not, gosh. Yeah. Okay. And, um, I am not real. Oh, right. That's the thing. That gives me the chills. So, well, <laughs> one of my favorite stories, and, and Troy actually always preaches about this, too, and, and, and you know, I always say the same line that he does is when people say, man, I wish I could see a ghost. His response is always, how do you know you haven't? And if you think of all the strangers you've encountered in your life, 
you know, how, if you That's don't actually true. go up and talk to them, how sure are you? You know, if they're real. And um, one of those experiences happened to me on one of Choice tours, actually up in Decatur, Illinois. Oh, it was wow. at the Greenwood Cemetery, and um, the cemetery is amazing. It's yeah, it's, no, I've been up yeah, to very the, historic, been old, and Indians buried there, Civil War soldiers, um, prominent Illinois politicians. <laughs> um, I think there's there's one guy who's supposedly buried standing up. So on Judgment Day, he'll be the first one ready to go. <laughs> Because everybody okay. else will have to get up and start walking. He's already yeah, going to be no, standing. We'll on, judgment, on judgment day, I'll be the one hiding. <laughs> no, the um, but whenever we walk into the cemetery, and uh, we're doing this this late night tour. So, I mean, it started about seven, and it was going to end about midnight. And whenever, so you're doing a five hour, like yeah, this a, this was a really long tour. And I mean, you when you walk in, there's I mean, the place is massive. There's just so much stuff. And, um, you know, the group was about 30, 40 people, too. Wow. So that, that slows things down, yeah. too. It's not like just a handful of people where you can move pretty quickly. Um, well, whenever you first walk in, on the right-hand side, there's all these mausoleums. And um, we walked past the mausoleums, and then we made a left-hand turn because the path splits into a Y, made the big loop, came back around. Now, where those mausoleums are, they call it Mausoleum Row. Um, where the Y would go to the right, there's another mausoleum that's offset from the rest of them. Mm-hmm. And the back window was busted out of that mausoleum. So that meant that we had to stick our cameras in there and of take course. pictures and stuff. <laughs> sure. So, But by doing that, the rest of the group were getting away from us, which meant that they were going to be out the gate. You know, we were going to be oh. in the cemetery by ourselves. You're going to be trapped in right. there. Oh. So, I know. so I told the two guys I was with, I said, come on, we better get moving. Otherwise, we're going to get locked in. So we started to walk. Now, as soon as we turned the left-hand turn to get back on that mausoleum row path, there's a mausoleum on the very left corner, like right away, and it had these bushes on each side of the steps that led up to it. As soon as, like, my vision broke that first bush, there was a woman sitting on the steps. Now, she had her hands on her knees. She's looking straight ahead. And when I saw her, and I'm not ashamed to admit that I know I screamed like a little girl <laughs> because I didn't expect to see her. And I, and I said a couple obscenities. I jumped back. I, like, jumped into my two friends. They started busting up laughing. You know, it scared them at first, too. Because they hadn't seen her? No, they, they did it. By the time oh. when I jumped, they saw her at that okay. point. And then I said, oh, my God, you scared me. And we just started busting up laughing. And then we started walking. Now, I thought that she was just a woman who was on a tour, and she sat down and catch her breath. We got to the, the gate, and Troy said, all right, Matt, Luke, Adam, you guys are it. Grabbed the gate and started to close it. And I said, Troy, there's still a woman in there on those steps. And he said, no, everybody's checked out. And we looked down the aisle, and there was nobody there. So oh, we started to walk to our car, and you could just tell the wheels were turning on all three of us. Right. And finally, I know I was the first to speak up. I said, you guys saw her, right? And they said, yeah. And I said, she never once changed her expression that whole time. <laughs> and they're like, no, she didn't. I said, if, if you would scare you know, a, a 30-year-old guy enough to scream like a girl, you'd be busting up laughing. You know, it, or if you right. scared him enough, you'd make sure he was you'd okay react. Right, somehow. You'd say something like, hey, it's, hey it's, don't yeah, worry, I'm, I'm not a dead person. Right, yeah. <laughs> and then if... You know, if, if obviously if he wasn't hurt, you know, you would be laughing at that point. But the whole time she was looking straight oh. ahead, Wow! you know, and never changed her facial expression, never changed her movement, just hands on her knees. And, um, you know, I told the two guys I was with, I said, you know, if Troy didn't tell us you guys are it and start to shut the gate, we would have kept walking, got in her car and never thought twice <laughs> about it. So, but, you know, since he said that, and then we kind of realized, man, I we she might have seen a ghost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, she was probably like, why are you sticking your yeah. hand in my mouth? Right, that's right. But people were asking, you know, they would always ask me when I tell the story, well, what was she wearing? Like, I have no idea because she looks so real to me. I didn't pay attention to what she Yeah, was you don't wearing. notice what yeah, every absolutely. single person you see is right, wearing. Exactly. Remember it. I mean, specifically. She, she just looks so real. Wow. wow. That's pretty cool. 
No, that's that's an interesting. So that like so you saw that on one of the tours. On one and, of the tours, and yeah. that's actually the best commercial for a tour I think that I could hear. It's oh, like yeah. you should come take the tour because you'll see dead people. Right. No, and you know on our tours here in in all, I mean a lot of people they come with the expectation that they are going to see a ghost. Okay. Um, you know we've actually had people email us and say they want their money back because they didn't see a ghost. <laughs> And, you know, we always make it clear up front that, wow. yeah, we can't promise you anything is going to happen. Yeah. You know, and if something does, we want it to be real. We don't want it to be us. Or somebody jumping out from behind yeah. the... Actually, yeah. we, we use a, a line similar to that. I always say, um, you know, at no point on the tour will somebody jump out with a chainsaw and a hockey mask and try to scare you. And I say, but if they do, run like hell because they're not with us. So. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so it, it's... People want to get scared, you know, and that's why a lot of times during the fall season, it's, it's a different crowd. We do tours year-round. We'll start back up in April. Um, cool. You get a different crowd during the fall as opposed to the spring and summer. You know, a lot of times the fall crowds, they want to get scared. Sure, it's Hall- that's Halloween time. <laughs> yes, and spring and summer, they want to hear the stories. You know, they want to hear the sure. history and, and stuff like that. And, and, I mean, you get a heavy dose of history on our tours. Very cool. Okay. Sounds interesting. I want to so, go now. Yeah, <laughs> no, I want to go too. Um, but... Now, Alton, Illinois, though, has some history to it, though. Oh, yeah. Like, there's a couple of interesting things that have happened here. There's actually, yeah, quite a bit. Um, you know, the town's about 200 years old. Um, okay. Yeah, we think it got to start around 1814. Wow. Uh, yeah, when uh, there was a gentleman named uh, Colonel Rufus Easton, came to the area, um, offered a ferry service, taking people across the river, and then thought that this area here would make a great place for a city. And you guys, I mean, I'm not sure how much driving you've done in town, but by the way the town is laid out, you'd be like, this is a crazy spot place to build a city because there's okay. so many hills and um but he did it and, and people bought the land and he became very wealthy from wow. it and and uh, eventually the bad thing was he didn't own all this land that he was selling so eventually <laughs> he was pushed out of town and some land speculators and, and investors bought the land uh, but the town grew and uh and turned into what it is today um so you know the town's very old um you know a lot of theories with ghosts involve waterways you know and we got you know, a couple rivers here that connect. Right. Um, we have the Confederate prison here in town from the Civil War that, uh, you know, geez, whenever it was the first Illinois State Penitentiary, actually. Okay, so the Confederate prison. Mm-hmm. So Illinois was part of the Union. Yes. So it's, that was where they keep prisoners mm-hmm. of war. Yes. Okay, so, interesting. Yeah, yeah, Confederate prisoners were there. That place has got to be haunted. Cra- everything well, with the Civil War is haunted it, crazy. It and you can just that hear that it? sad violin coming oh, yeah. on, like the Civil War. Yeah, the um, well, the prison's gone now. Um, it's torn down, and there's actually a parking lot where... There's no there's no oh. Confederates still no, there. No, no, no. Well, right. no, the Confederates are still there. Oh, I guess. Yeah, that's so, right. They are yeah, still there. they are. Um, they haunt the parking lot? They haunt the parking lot. <laughs> No, I'm serious. Yeah, the, really? the where the parking lot was is the courtyard of the prison. Oh wow! And a lot so of them died, be, yeah. you know, in that courtyard. And um, back in the '60s is when they they actually tore up the courtyard and built this parking lot. So back in the '60s, people would report seeing hippies walking across the parking lot and then disappearing. And they called them hippies because, well, I mean, it's the '60s, and they had long hair and <laughs> ratty clothing. Maybe they were barefoot. Sure. Um, today they're still seen. And uh, we don't call them hippies anymore. Now they're called homeless people because of their appearance. But then, oh sure, then they disappear. I thought you were making a joke no, about no, hippies no, for no, a no, second. No, I'm, I'm like, no, no, I mean, I've seen a couple. Yeah, no, no, it's and but that's what people think they are initially when they first see them, and then they realize, you know, after they disappear, that it was something more. Wow. Um, but that prison, uh, like I said, when it was when it was first built in the 1830s, it was the Illinois State Penitentiary. Um, it closed down in the late 1850s, and then around 1861, late 1861, early 62, it turned into the Confederate prison. And when it was a state-run facility, it was very, very poor conditions there. Um, so the men were not taken care of. It held about 600 men comfortably. At the height of that being the Confederate prison, they had over 1,600 men oh inside gosh. that prison. So five That's foot crazy. by seven foot cells with like six men in each cell. 
Some of the people who lived and everybody it. in the 1860s already smells bad. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And there was that's the thing too. The, the disease, you know, and the the sewer system was very poor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the stories about this place with the sewage system was they built a latrine in the courtyard, and that's where the men would relieve themselves. Mm-hmm. The latrine was right next to the drinking water trenches. Oh my gosh! Oh, that's yeah. Smart so things mix, you know, and oh. it, it was it was just awful. So, and you know, even with the Civil War, and obviously the prison was no different. Um, First off, I love Civil War history. So. Yeah, no, Civil War. Uh, I could tell. But, but the, uh, you know, over sixty or over six hundred thousand men died during the Civil War, and for every one that died to battle, two died to disease. And in this prison, smallpox oh. broke out in the prison and completely devastated uh, these prisoners. And they were losing, you know, eight to twelve men every day just to this disease alone. And um, when you have six men crammed into a five foot by seven foot space with smallpox, two week incubation period, spread by contact. Right. If so one, if somebody yeah. sneezes, you're all you're yeah. If one of your buddies brings it in with them, you're all gonna have it. So uh, it started wiping out, you know, all these these prisoners here in the prison, wow. and and very sad. We have an island that used to be out in the river. It's actually pretty well completely washed away at this point. Um, the island. It's gone through a series of names. Uh, it was called Bloody Island for a while because it was where all the duels were fought because neither Illinois nor Missouri claimed the island. Um, it was also called Sunflower Island. And Wait, that- so duels were fought yeah. there because it was a no-man's land between Illinois yeah. and Missouri. Free of any kind of local law enforcement. So, okay, yeah. so that's where you could challenge a person to a duel. Can we, yeah. we can't do that today, No, not though. today. Well, because I'm looking around here. We have to get, our, just get thinking, our waiters on. Whose number could I get, you know? Like, make, let's make a ghost story. Nice. Oh, well, I'll tell you what, gosh. let me... Uh, I would Let, let's keep, that, let's keep that in mind with the duels because I want to <laughs> come back to that for a second. Okay, okay. Um, I love duels. But it was Sunflower Island after that. Sunflower Island was the place you went out to with your friends and family and swam and picnic. Oh, oh my gosh. It's yeah. nice. With, right. the, with the bodies. But then when the, the Confederate prison came, it was no longer Sunflower Island. Now it was called Smallpox Island because all the sick oh, prisoners wow. from the island were taken out. All the prisoners from the, the prison were taken out to that island. Coming coming this fall to Fox, Smallpox Island. <laughs> it was like, kind of like Shutter Island. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, with the duels, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but Abraham Lincoln was supposed to fight a duel out there. Whoa. Um, honest yeah. Abe himself. Uh, honest, yeah. Him and uh, uh, a gentleman, oh man, I haven't told this story in a while, James Shields, he was a state auditor in Illinois, and Abraham Lincoln and Shields did not agree with each other. And uh, Lincoln wrote some very nasty um, letters to the newspapers, and he had them published. Now, he signed a fictitious name of Rebecca but somehow James Shields found out that Abraham Lincoln had wrote these. Because Rebecca was his name when he went out. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, He's the party. Abe. Nice. The, uh, so whenever he found out you know, about this, he told Abraham Lincoln that you, you need to take back what you said, offic- you know, release an official apology. And Lincoln said, what I did was political satire. I don't have to. It's, I'm free to do so. Sure, yeah. And uh, so Shields challenged Lincoln to, wow. to a duel. And then Abraham Lincoln, you know, he thought the idea of a duel was ridiculous, but he said he would fight them as long as they could have it out with cow pies. Well, okay, yeah. seriously? So duel, yeah, yeah. Duel I think I'd pies. rather do a regular duel. I know. That's such so, an Illinois way of handling yeah, it, it, too. <laughs> like, we got but plenty of them. Might he was just well. trying to show, you know, this this idea is, is stupid. And then Shields obviously wasn't going to accept that, so he kept challenging them. Then Abraham Lincoln said he would fight them as long as they did it on, like, a 12-foot plank of wood that was 10 inches wide with swords. Okay. Again, <laughs> trying to just make the idea be ridiculous. Finally, Abraham Lincoln actually agreed to fight this duel, and they came to Alton to do it. Wow. So um, they left their friends and their family on the, the side of the river. They got in the boats, headed out to the island with the doctor and their seconds and their witnesses. And when they got out there, James Shields allowed Abraham Lincoln to choose which weapon they were going to use. So Lincoln chose the broadsword. And then he started hacking some tree branches off of a really tall tree. 
<laughs> and then James Shields, who was a whole lot shorter than Lincoln, realized how much of a reach Lincoln was going to have yeah. and decided that, hey, maybe we can work this out by talking. <laughs> so um, actually, the, the story about this gets even funnier because as to not let the friends and family down, they took a log and they put this red shirt over the log and sent it back in the boat to the families who then saw this bloody carcass coming and started That's screaming. Terrible. I know, but it was That's funny. so cruel. They started screaming thinking it was their loved one and then Abraham Lincoln and James Shields actually came in the next boat laughing. Yay! And then uh, they, they all went into the taverns and the saloons and celebrated the fact that they were still alive. And um, The interesting thing about this is Abraham Lincoln and James Shields actually became very good friends after this. Sounds like a good bonding. Yeah, experience. it was. If only he could have done that with Jefferson Davis, no, a whole lot of people lot wouldn't have died. It like, would have been different. You guys could have hugged it out. But when I when I tell this story, I always tell people, you know, this is one of those what-if stories. I mean, what if Lincoln fought that duel oh and lost? You know, the and, whole history. <laughs> and not only Lincoln, but James Shields. I mean, he, he worked in the Missouri and Illinois legislature for years. He was a brigadier general during the war. I mean, he was a very prominent man as well. And I mean, not up to the level of Lincoln, mm-hmm. but still two very prominent people could have been lost if they went through no idea. that. Sure. No, yeah. that's that's great. I mean, I, on Smallpox Island. Out on Smallpox Island. Oh, wow. Yep. Um, so today, does that, I mean, we were getting, does that place have any stories or anything like that? It, no, it's... um. You know, the island's pretty well gone. Okay. Yeah, they, with all the locks and dams that have been built in the river, washed it away. The saddest part of that is a lot of those soldiers who died on the island were buried on the island. Oh, that's and very And their sad. bodies went it's with gone, it. Sure. Yeah. Back in the early 1900s, there was a, a newspaper reporter from the area who wanted to write a story on this. And when he went out to the island, it was already starting to, to erode. And there was an overturned tree. And entangled in the roots of that tree were two human skulls from two of these soldiers who were buried there on the island. Oh, wow. So he actually took one of the skulls home. I have no idea why. Sure, that's, that's, yeah. that seems like a great idea. It's like, right. you know, I'm going to take this and home, maybe put a candle in it or something yeah, like that. Something nice. Yeah, he, he took it home, and, and then he put it in his closet. And years later, after he had moved out, his mom was actually cleaning the closet and found the shoebox and pulled it out, and here there's a skull in it. And she started freaking out that you know her son Some had this creeper. other side to him. Right, yeah. yeah. So she, she actually threw it out to try to cover up for her son. She didn't know what it was. <laughs> So, That's yeah. a great mom. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's like, <laughs> don't worry out. if you kill somebody. Looking out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, we haven't talked about where we are today. Mm-hmm. I mean, we said, hi, we're from Mavis Coffee, you know, live in Alton, Illinois. Um, but we didn't say that we're in the Milton Schoolhouse. Yes. And uh, this place has some weird stories associated. Yeah, it's, like now it's a coffee house and it's a bigger it's bigger than just a coffee Yeah, there's house. a whole bunch of little shops inside here. Um, so this is just one of them. Uh, but yeah, the, the school was built in 1904. And um, it was open, I believe, for about 80 years before it closed down. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of stories and we were kind of talking about this a little bit earlier with um, ghost lore uh, where stories are kind of created to explain a haunting. And um, this building has one of those stories. I mean, there, there's a story that's been passed off as truth about a little girl who was murdered here by a janitor. Um, it's not like true. a Freddy Krueger kind of story. I was going to say, that sounds, that sounds like the classic yeah, you know, yeah, school, yeah. school kind of story thing. You know, and, and then the janitor committed suicide. You know, some people say it was suicide. Some people say it was one of the uh, students' parents getting back or, you know, taking justice into their own hands. That's, um, that is, did Wes Craven write yeah, that story? Oh yeah, that yeah. is the, like, Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Right, but it's, you know, it, it's actually, it's, it's not true. Um, you know, there, there's a couple stories about, you know, a janitor possibly dying here. Whether or not that's true, I, I don't know. All I can say is, is with this building, um, you well, know, with how much barf that elementary school janitors have to clean oh, up. Oh, I know. Yeah, like, the, the I can see him wanting to kill himself. That's right. He's like, if I got to take out that stuff, you know, that little powder or oh, whatever yeah, they the, put the, on the no, sawdust. Yeah, if I got to do that one more time, right. like, I'm it's, just going to jump off the roof. 
No, the um, with the if if you think about the amount of energy though that has been spent inside this building, when you have eighty years of little kids running around, oh, yeah. I, I mean to have a haunting, you know, it's it doesn't take a death, you know, or anything right. like that. It doesn't take some kind of tragedy, um, you know, if if. Especially like theaters. I mean, I think that's why theaters are so haunted. Absolutely. Is the amount of energy that has been spent in theater from people watching movies and then crying or laughing and that emotion. And that emotion can remain and replay itself. Mm -hmm. And I think with schools, it's kind of the same thing. That makes sense. Yeah, the the energy and the emotion from these these little kids running around. And, you know, that can hover back. And that's why you might hear a ball bouncing or you might hear footsteps (laughs) and things like that. That's pretty neat. So so there there was that legend. And you think that... It's because the place has stories in the beginning, but people don't have a ready explanation right. for it. And ghost stories always have to be gruesome. Right. Usually you know, they it seems do, like yeah. they're, they're often gruesome. Mm-hmm. So um, it, so that kind of grew around. Probably somebody just watched Nightmare on Elm Street and like, let's talk. Yeah, like, let's I think, that I think that's the way the Alton Schoolhouse is. <laughs> so, right. I mean, but it was funny. And then for the people at home, I, I told this story to these guys earlier. But when I was uh, unpacking the van and we were bringing stuff in here, on a win, a little kid just pops out of the back and goes, do they still see ghosts in there? And I'm like, uh. It was kind of weird because they kind of just came out of nowhere. <laughs> right. The kid, I mean, was that an alive person? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. It, I didn't see him. It could have <laughs> just been, it was the one of the first encounters with alt, Altonites yes. that we had. So Altonistas. So maybe they were just welcoming us because, you know, all I heard was ghost. And I said, oh, maybe somebody It was just a really funny, it's just a random thing. Like <laughs> right. we're just hanging out and the kid just asks about that. And I'm like, well, I don't know, but today we're going to find out, you know. Did you watch him walk away? No, I didn't mm-hmm. actually because I was more worried about um, the snare the drum falling oh, on the bass amp. I got you. And I was like, oh, God. Because um, he might have he just faded away. You know? <laughs> that would have been awesome. Possible. Yeah, got to watch. Uh, so like, I think it's really, I mean, it's, it's fun. It's, it's always fun to be inside these kind of places. And mm-hmm. that's why theaters and stuff and, and bars and venues are always great for that, especially right. anything over a hundred years old. You got to have some kind of story. I know here, one of the most common activities is where the lights actually get brighter. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did we see it? Yeah. I think that, that kind of freaked me out. Oh, that's uh. <laughs> Well, but there, that does happen at yeah. places. We, yeah. We've had experiences at at, um, yes, we have. at venues where with the lights. Oh you know, yeah, yeah. At certain times of night, the and the bartenders go. We, we thought they were flickering the lights to tell us like it's, last call. Yeah, you're done. Yeah. And they're like, no, it's just every night the the lights. You know, this about this time, they're, they're just saying hi or something. We're like, okay, that's nice. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what do you mean they're just saying hi? Like, are you okay with them doing that to your business <laughs> and scaring your bands? No, you know, but it's it, it's also a draw, you know. And I, I know a lot of places if they market that they're they're haunted, you know, then then people come and things something like interesting. That. So, yeah, and you know, even when, like whenever you have any place that's haunted, I I always tell people you have to remember the ghosts were there first, right? You know, so you're coming into their their home or, or their business, <laughs> so you know you should always be able to coexist. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Um, <laughs> so what do you think is the as far as Alton goes, like if you would say like with the most haunted building, like in Madison, Wisconsin, there's a place called the Orpheum Theater. Mm-hmm. And it's right on the main drag, two blocks away from the state capitol, been open for uh, since like the late 1920s. And there's at least seven different characters mm-hmm. that people have stories about. Okay. What do you think is the most haunted building in Alton? Like the, what that has the most oh, stories? Yeah. Um I tell you what, for for me personally, and this would be of all the locations I've been, the one that I've had the most experiences in um, would be the First Unitarian Church. Um, it's still an active church, you know, and, and uh, it's actually the last location that we go to on our tours. Okay. And um, it again, we always tell people we can never promise you anything's going to happen, but usually if it does, it's going to be there. Okay. You know? And um, 
and that you know the, the cool thing about the the building is that uh it's got it's got a lot of history to it um you know nothing dark or anything like that so there, you know never nothing to be afraid of or anything like that um but whenever we're there and i mean when i'm up there telling stories and people are looking at me i'll see them trying to look behind me you know and at that point okay i know they're seeing oh. something <laughs> and i always tell also on my tours i always tell people don't look to me for protection because I'll be the first one to knock you down to save myself. Right, he's the guy. So, ah! yeah. Right, yeah, we'll just, lot... just listen for the little girl I know. scream. And then if you, know. you see me running, don't ask, just run, follow me, you know, or whatever. But um, I always see people looking behind me, so I know something might be going on behind me. A lot of people see like dark, shadowy figures moving around. Um, or when I'm looking at the crowd, I'll see people in the very back pew keep looking behind them. And then I know that they're either feeling, feeling somebody behind them or maybe somebody's touching their shoulders. So things like that happen a lot. Um, usually some, at least one person experiences something wow, inside the church. It's pretty good odds. Um, yeah, you know, and I mean, the, the other thing though is sometimes it's between the ears, you know. When you're anticipating. Um, right, yeah, you freak yourself out <laughs> yeah. and kind of convince <laughs> yourself that, that you're experiencing something. Um, but there's also been times where like, I know one of our tours, as everybody was sitting in the pews, you could actually hear somebody walking down the aisle that runs in between the pews. Mm. Every single person on the tour all turned and were looking at where the sound was coming from and following it down the aisle. So at that point, every single, I can't say every single person, but I will say at least two thirds of the people experienced the same exact thing. And, um, yeah, it actually, a similar story happened on, on one of my tours where I saw a shadow figure actually moving down the aisle in between all the groups of people, but nobody was seeing it. And the only reason I saw it was because there's a light source that hits the armrests on all the pews. Okay. And as I'm looking down the aisle, I could see one of those pew armrests getting dark. And then the next one got dark. Oh, and then wow. when the third one got dark, the first one lit back up. So that's why I was seeing it was because it was actually blocking out the light sure. that was hitting yeah. these armrests. And then whenever it got to about the fourth pew from the front, it wasn't blocking light anymore, but then you could hear a creak. Almost like it sat down in one of the pews. Interesting. Yeah, and um, where it sat down, there wasn't anybody sitting, which I thought was kind of, you know, I mean, it was it was cool, you know, but yeah. then it was like also kind of that's curious, weird, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, but, but um, what's going on? But yeah, so the, the church, I, I would say by far, is is my favorite location as far okay. as you know, as far as activity. Okay, sounds, sounds um, very and you can go and you can you can check that out on the haunt the haunted Alton tour. Yeah, yeah, the Alton hauntings. Alton Hauntings. Hauntings, yeah. If you guys go to altonhauntings.com, um, you can get on tours already. We have a tour starting up in April, and then they run through, I believe, July. Um, we try to not do tours in August because it gets so oh, hot. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And then we'll is start it a, back up in September. Is it a walking tour? It is. Or, we, okay. we actually do walking and bus tours. Oh, nice. Um, the walking tour, it's usually... It kind of depends. Like, is I, like I said, I, I can keep talking. So <laughs> if the crowd's really into it, then I'll just keep telling stories. Um, but you know, it's a, it's a, there's hills, you know, it's walking. So sometimes you get people who are kind of starting to drop off a little bit. So then we can kind of speed things up and, and cut it a little shorter. But, um, the neat thing about the walking tour is you're actually going in front of these locations, you know, instead of looking out a window at the location. Um, but the neat thing about the bus tours is they can go to places we can't walk to. Cover more ground. Yeah. So, you know, the bus tour goes out to the city cemetery. Uh, they go out to Hop Hollow Road, which is a, a story that ties into the Confederate prison. Cool. Um, and then, uh, you know, there's a few, sometimes they go out to the Pius Albert Cave. Um, so there's a lot more that they can do than that we can't. Okay. Cool. Very cool. cool. Now, not only, okay, so you, Alton Hauntings, you got the tours, mm-hmm. been in that for a decade, really into it, and done investigations, and you've also, you're also an author. Yes. Yeah, I've, uh, you know, and that was, I think, the crowning achievement for myself, because um, when I was a kid, you know, when I got older, I wanted to be an author. 
you know, an author and an archaeologist. Was oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, that was my plan. And um, I struck out on both. But as I got older... Or did you? Yeah, well, at least not on one of them. But yeah, as I got older and, uh, you know, I was enjoying reading ghost stories, but then I was like, man, why can't I tell my own? You know, so yeah. um, when I would speak at different events with Troy, people would ask me, you know, well, when are you going to write a book? When are you going to write a book? And I said, you know what, maybe I will. And then I sat down finally and, and actually wrote it. And um, my first one came out in 2007, and it was called uh, The Lighter Side of Darkness. And it was uh, Misadventures into the Unknown. Um, so fun. yeah, when yeah, I tell when awesome. I tell stories, I always try. You know, I want I want you to learn something, and I want to make you laugh, and then I want to scare the piss out of you. So sure. so you know, just when you feel a little comfort, you know, then we jab it in there with a little scare. Um, so that was why the, the title's the lighter side of darkness. Well, then my second book, which came out in 2013, was called um, Lights Out, and um, it's just a lot of different stories that from investigations I've done, as well as stories that have been told to me by people who experienced them and it, it might have been a place where you know it didn't open itself to investigations any okay. longer okay um but as my first book was pretty well entirely my experiences and the second book was a little half and half so i the, the cool thing about that second book though was a lot of the stories are places you've never heard of you know they're people's homes and you know they're not things that have been Public written about places. all the time sure, and, stuff, and it's so. not a tour you can go on because nobody's going to be like right. yeah i want you to t- you know people to tell exactly. my home is haunted and, and and you know it's coming from the people who live them and um you know, it was it was cool because like, as long as I've been doing this and I thought I've heard everything, there's so much more. You know, so it's like some of these people were telling me these stories. I'm like, oh my that's god, cool. that's so awesome. They're like, no, it wasn't. You know, I'm like, well, it's all, only because I didn't live it. You know, it was right. awesome to me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the third book, which is actually coming out hopefully this spring, um, is trying to get back to more investigations. Um, so this one is going to be called Ghosts Never Say Boo. And, uh, okay. yeah, because, uh, one, I'm a big Goonies fan and Goonies nice. never say die. <laughs> right. Okay. And, uh, and then when I was watching, I was sitting there, when they said that Goonies never say die, I'm like, you know, ghosts never say boo either. <laughs> so then that's why I went with that title. So, um, you know, of all the recordings I've ever done with, with ghosts, you know, EVP and just on video and stuff, I've never had a ghost say boo. So, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I thought it'd be a pretty cool title. So that one's hopefully coming out this, uh, this spring. Very That's cool. Awesome. Congratulations. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> people can find information on that. Like We'll put a link in the show notes and stuff, but people can find that where? Well, I got. Uh, I actually just started a website called Ghost Never Say Boo, okay. and um, I'm going to be selling uh, the books on there soon, and uh, we're still working on all the shopping cart stuff. It literally just launched. Cool. Little, <laughs> probably launched earlier than it should have because it's not quite ready. Um, it, but it, Nothing's ever No, ready. It's, it's not. I mean, it, it'll be constantly getting fixed, you know, and things like that, but... Um, also, I'm putting on an event in uh, April in Mascoutah, Illinois, and um, it's gonna it's called the Spring Spooktacular, and okay. uh, yeah, I got Troy Taylor's gonna be coming down. He's gonna be speaking at it. I got uh, John Winterbauer, which he lives up by Springfield, and he's gonna be talking about ghosts from that area. And then I got a woman named Sylvia Schultz, which um, she does a lot with the Peoria State Hospital in Peoria, Illinois, and she wrote a book called Fractured Spirits. So she's gonna come down. So those three and myself, uh, we're gonna be speaking all day. Um, if anybody's interested in going to that, it's ten dollars a person, It'll be about five hours long, and um, we'll do food and tennis prizes and things like that. Sounds fun. Yeah, the spooktacular. We'll put go to it. We'll put a uh, link to that in the show. Cool. Yeah, you I appreciate it. About it. So very cool. No, that's awesome. <clears throat> now I had a qu- quick question for you. Um, now you guys did a you and Troy you were saying that you guys did a like a TV reality yeah. show right yeah yep what was the show. name of that again it was a uh, mysterious worlds America's Ghost Hunters okay yep and you know I uh, we interview a lot of these authors and a lot of people who are are talking heads on these shows and everything mm-hmm. and they always say like oh they twisted my words and everything like so what do you do you think what do you think that show got right and what do you think that show got wrong about 
because I know a lot of people who are who uh, listen to the podcast are also big fans of those ghost adventure right. kind of shows. Yeah, this um, you know this show actually did pretty well because um, you know they uh, actually we kind of briefly mentioned it earlier. They took all these different teams from across the country that mm-hmm. used different methods of investigation. So we used history that we did. We talked about the one who used EVP. Um, there was a couple that used different forms of, of just you know technology that I can't afford you know type sure. thing, and um, and then there was another team which um, trained their dog to sniff out spirits. Oh wow, that's cool. Interesting. I, I thought it was interesting too because, in my opinion, um, in order to train a dog to sniff out something, you'd have to hold it in front of their nose so they would learn <laughs> right. the smell of it. So. I didn't really grasp how you yeah. could train a dog to do right. this. They just but, went to the morgue and just... Right, yeah. Smell but, this. But, but pets do but, often. Yeah, you know, exactly. You can see them, they perk up and they see right. something and, or and something. And so, you know, I, I think it's not necessarily a training thing, but more of they just have this ability. Yeah. So um, the show was cool because, you know, all these different teams showed their methods of investigating. There was nothing twisted or changed mm-hmm. about it. Um, and then at the end, all the investigative teams all met at Eastern State Penitentiary and did an investigation oh, cool. together. Unfortunately, I was unable to attend that oh. part of it. Um, but, you know, what we did here in town was, was really cool, and um, we actually filmed it at the First Unitarian Church, and we were trying to prove that that place might have been a stop on the Underground Railroad. Oh, um, okay. Because the basement of that building is, is very haunted, cool. and I, we don't think it's tied to what's going on upstairs. Okay. And if it was a stop on the Underground Railroad, that could, that could explain yeah, some things that are happening. And um, the church has burned down twice, um, and one one of the times it burned down was in the 1850s, which you know is That's kind of right around underground railroad exactly. time. Exactly. So you know we kind of wonder. Well, we actually started crawling underneath the. Uh, let me let me go back. Um, when Troy asked me to be on the show, I thought it was going to be my big break in Hollywood. And, sure, and I'm still here. So, so you, okay. it did not so work you, out. You dieted down. Right. Yeah. Got plastic surgery. But, I did. The, I did the same thing. Well, I got, you know, I got all dressed up for it, and, and I showed up, and Troy's like, man, you're dressed up. And I said, well, yeah, we're going to be on TV. Well, he was wearing a T-shirt and jean shorts and combat boots. <laughs> and he said, well, why'd you get dressed up? Because well, jorts look great on <laughs> yeah, TV. Right. I, I mean, I think they look great I used to wear them. all the time. And, uh, and, and then I said, uh, well, what are we going to be doing? And he said, well, we're going to be crawling in the crawl space of the church. I'm like, oh, you know, you didn't that tell me that. Fun. So Yeah, so we go down into the basement um, once we start doing this segment. And I had to wear one of those hats with the camera on the bill. Oh, and wow. a little hit pack, real cool hit pack with the recording device in it. And we jumped up into the crawl space and started crawling. Now, we're underneath the sanctuary floor when we're doing this. Oh, and uh, no lights are on. You know, we had flashlights. Oh. So we're crawling back. And uh, we got back like 10 feet. And Troy, who had a brand new digital camera, fully charged, all of a sudden wasn't working. So batteries completely oh, drained. Yeah. What happened to us? So we're, you know, <laughs> we're thinking, oh, you know, maybe something's happening or maybe there's just something wrong with the camera. So we kind of fiddle around the camera a little bit, try to fix it. And couldn't get anything to work so we're like forget the camera we'll just keep moving so we started crawling further back and and i always tell people when i when i tell the story that uh right whenever we jumped up i got a huge orb on camera but it was actually troy's ass Uh, that that was my view the whole time so bottom yeah he had been working out um (laughs) but the whenever we started crawling further back we got to the far back left corner and we found an entrance to a room and you could actually crawl into this room and probably sit in it um the inter- excuse me. The interesting thing about this room is, it's made with the same stone as the rest of the foundation. It's outside the original foundation, but it's not on the floor plans. 
So why would this room be built? I mean, it had to be built when everything else was built. There was a plan for it. Exactly. It just wasn't in the and plan. That's right. Cool. You know, and it's not a thing where, like, you know, Sunday service rolls around and they have 20 extra people and, you know, hey, go down to that room where we store those hymnals and somebody's crawling underneath the church. So get it. You know, <laughs> yeah, the room was built to, to hide something and, you know, it wasn't that. Huh. Um, so we're all excited. We come crawling back out and the producers are excited and they want to look at the footage. So they get the recording device and they start watching it. And shortly after Troy's camera went dead, that camera went dead. So all the footage that we got from, no you know, way. the point of starting to crawl back and actually finding the room, there was nothing there. So, but did anybody ever go in the room, like the cask of you, Amontillado? Like, no, no, like, you actually can't because there's ductwork covering oh, okay. it, so all that would have to be removed to actually be able to slip into it. Wow. Um, so well, nobody will ever see the bodies hidden in no, there. No, they're still there. <laughs> so the. Uh, when, it, when I told the producers, they said, well, you know, hook me up with another battery, another tape, or whatever, and I'll, I'll jump back up there and call yeah. back. So they set me up, and I started crawling, and all I had was a little mag light, you know, for to light the way. And I turned around and shined a light, and I said, hey, guys, can you shine some more light for me? Everybody had went upstairs. So here I am in this creepy, dark oh, basement in no, the crawl you. space, crawling, and... and you know, oh, if, God, if, it's terrifying. No, if anything was going to get me, I was just going to have to roll over and take it. Because, you know, it wasn't like I was going to be able to get up and take off running. And um, so I I crawled so fast. To, I always compare it to like a cat in a litter box, the way I was throwing dirt behind me trying to get back to that room. And, and got back there and took the recording device out and actually made sure it was working, uh, recorded the room, and then ran back upstairs and went off on everybody. So, um, <laughs> you know, I've been in that church so many times. And, you know, I've never ever felt threatened, but... I was, that was just a little too much. Yeah, for me, that's, so. that sounds intense. Yeah, so with the show, I mean, you know, the show was cool. Um, you know, a lot of the other shows, people always ask me, like, what, what shows I watch. I, I don't watch any of them. Um, <laughs> I, I don't like the way that the investigators conduct investigations. Um, I had opportunity to investigate a home in uh, Belleville a few years back. And actually, I, was, I wrote about it in my second book. Bell Vegas. Bell Vegas, we'll call it that. Yeah. And I, had a, I wrote about it in my second book because... This woman who, who lived in his house, she told me all these stories. The stories were awesome. I couldn't wait to investigate it. We set up a date to do it. And then she called me and said um, that she's going to have to reschedule. And I said, okay. And, and she said, so when you guys come into the home, she said, how do, how do you treat the spirits? And I said, with respect. And she said, you don't antagonize them or make them mad or anything like that. And I said, no. I said, we don't do that. And, and I said, you know, we treat them with the respect as if they were alive. And, uh, you know, it's no different now. And, and she said, um, okay, well, you know, just kind of make it sure. And I said, well, that's fine. You know, well, then we set up another date. And then, like, two days before that date, she called me and, and canceled again. And um, she wasn't sure when she could reschedule. She just said to call her back in a week. So um, she asked me again, though, about if we threaten the spirits or anything. And, and I said, no. Well, then when I called her back, she's like, yeah, you know, we're, things are still a little hectic. And I said, well, are you, are you changing your mind about the investigation? And she said, yeah, I am kind of. And I said, I know, I know you were asking a lot of questions about how we treat the spirits. And, and she said, yeah. I said, do you watch Ghost Adventures? And she's like, yeah, all the time. And I said, okay, we, we don't do investigations yeah. like that. And, we'll um, you know, but in the end, though, it's her home and she lives with these ghosts. And, right. you know, so if she doesn't want us in there, then we're not, you know, yeah, you know, I course. understand, you know, we're not coming in. And, but I did ask her, I said, um, can I, can I write about your story and, and also write about the fact that you watch these shows and, and this is how you think investigations are done? And, and she said, well, you know, absolutely. So, um, I think, I think in a way some of the shows are, are hurting the field yeah. um, for a couple reasons. One, the people who have these homes see that and think that that's how investigations are done. And two, the people who never did investigations before and are learning from these shows, they think that that's how they're supposed yeah. to be done, and, and, and it's not. So 
um, you know, some of the shows I watch just because of the location that they're going to, mm -hmm. you know, oh, yeah. like if, if, if they're going to Gettysburg, I'm going to watch it. You know, if they're going to Waverly Hills, I'm going to watch it. Um, but for the most part, I, I, I don't watch them. Um, the only ones I'll maybe watch are the, the my ghost stories, you know, when they're the okay. people who actually tell their own yeah. stories, it's not invest. Sometimes they have investigators who come in and, and, and uh, do investigations, but for the most part, it's, it's focused on the individual and their experiences. So I'll watch those. So when you've been on an investigation, have you ever had anything um, that uh, you saw? You're like, hey, I mean, like you said, you said you seen five full figure, mm -hmm. like class five free forming vapors or whatever, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Free floating vaporous. Yeah. Like, That's class yeah. five, you know, whatever they say in Tobin Spirit. Yeah, guide. sure. Um, <clears throat> have you ever seen anything where it's like, hey, I can't believe we got that. Like it just, I, I can't believe that's real. Um, where I'm seeing it with my eyes, or something that we're actually capturing on video. Either capturing or you're seeing with your okay. eyes. To, to um, me, I uh, usually uh, someone who's a reasonable person. If they say like, you know what, this, you know, this thing came up, tapped me on the shoulder, and then ran away and mm -hmm. just, you know, flew away and disappeared. Like I tend to believe that as right. long as they're the rest of their thing, you know, they're fairly rational. Right. Um, like, like one eye above the other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> twitching, and, um, <laughs> twitching. Yeah, you know, uh, one of my favorite stories, and, and obviously, power of suggestion is very strong when you go into a haunted location. And um, we were doing an investigation of a house in uh, a really small farming town called Fayetteville, Illinois. And um, I knew going into the home that it was haunted by a little boy and a little girl. And uh, oddly enough, the little girl was only seen outside and little boys only seen inside they never cross paths um it turns out that the two kids actually did pass in the building uh, to smallpox and um sad. so yeah a very sad story but uh it's, it's actually an incredible story but we probably don't have time to go into the whole thing um but as far as my investigation i knew but they never were in the same place at the same no, time yeah, it's like yeah. lady hawk yeah, that's right yes <laughs> superman the um uh, whenever i went and did the investigation um we were up in one of the back uh, bedrooms on the second floor and, and going into it this was not like a full-fledged investigation this was more of an um, interview process okay. before I brought the whole team in because mm. you know sometimes when you go into a location that's haunted um, you can get a feel for the person and and know like well, you know if I walk into a house and there's like 40 bottles of pills sitting on the counter that's probably explaining what's going on. Sure. You know, it's just the pills. The pharmacy in the right. bathroom. So, but, you know, whenever um, I went to this lady, she was actually a friend of a friend. And um, I went there with uh, one of my friends who was actually the tie between us and um, did the interviews. And then after that, I went upstairs and just wanted to take some pictures for uh, a little bit in some of the rooms. So we went upstairs into one of the bedrooms. The lights were out. I was standing by the doorway that leads out to the hall. My friend was standing on the corner over here to my left. And... We're kind of looking out at the room this way. Well, I ended up taking a picture with my digital camera, and just as I was getting ready to look down at the screen to see, you know, what I got before it went away, my friend took a picture. When her flash lit up in the room, standing in the very far right corner was this heavyset man. He had a white T-shirt on, blue overalls, balding wow. on top, clear as day. But it's the the time of a flash lighting up the room is how quick this was. Just an image, right? Flash. Yeah. So I'm like immediately I. He's not supposed to be there. And I flipped the light switch on and looked, and, and he was gone. Now, right outside the doorway here where the hall is, there's a window. And um, on that window was some blinds. had the little string with the cap on it. As soon as I flipped that light on and looked, and he wasn't there anymore, those blinds started moving. That little string started swinging back and forth like something had just went out of the room oh, and wow. brushed past it. I, you know, Goosebumps hair was standing <laughs> I up. I get Goosebumps thinking about it. I know. It. I get Goosebumps. Farmer Joe or whatever. Right. Exactly. Well, 
I told my friend, I'm like, did you did you see him? And she's like, well, no. And I, you know, I explained to her what I saw, and I said, let's go downstairs for a second and talk to the homeowner. So I said, okay. I said, you talk about the little boy and the little girl that haunted the house. And she's like, yeah. And I said, anything else that you haven't told me? And she said, well, as far as hauntings, I don't know. And I said, well, what about deaths? She said, well, supposedly the grandfather passed away in the upstairs bedroom. And like, which room was that? And it was the exact room that I saw him. Now, if she would have told me, you know, that this older gentleman had died, you know, it's a farmhouse. Mm-hmm. Put sure. two and two together, I'm going to see this this older gentleman farmer. Right. Um, but she never told me that. If power of suggestion was playing into this thing, yeah. I would have saw what I thought the little boy looked like. Because I knew the boy haunted yeah. the house. Right. And um, so I wouldn't have seen this. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, and, and, but it's just the speed of a flash lighting up the room. That's how that's cool. how quick it was, but it was just so clear. Um, so that was one of those times where it's like you're in the room. You know who's in the room with you. You know, so when you see that third person that's not supposed to be there, oh, I love it's just that, that yeah. initial. <laughs> that's a no. That's a that's great thing. Cool. I always, I'm always interested in it's like to ask people. Well, what was the what, what made you believe? You know, yep. <laughs> what was the thing? And right. That, that's the kind of thing. It's like, well, I saw something that I couldn't explain, and then that. Backed up five minutes later. Right, right. And, you know, and that's another thing with Troy, actually, and, and something I learned from him is, is when people say, you know what, I don't believe in ghosts, but. And you always wait for that, that but. Because <laughs> you know something really cool is about to follow it. Right. And, um, you know, a lot of times those people who, are, who say that, those are like the level-headed people. They're, you know, mm-hmm. they're the ones who don't believe in this stuff, but they had something happen that they can't explain. Yeah, you know, there was, uh, I remember one person that ended up eventually working for my ghost tour, like, one time we're just talking about something, and then he's like, yeah, you know, I, I didn't really believe in ghosts until I was just uh, hanging out one time, and then I just saw a World War One soldier just oh, wow. walk right through the room. And then I was like, huh, that was weird. Gosh, and yeah. it's like, there's something well, to this thing. If it was in Madison, it, it could just be This was in Florida. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> it could be. A, in Madison, it might be a hipster. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> On his so, way to, you know, bar or whatever. No, but uh, one more time, Luke, let's tell the people at home where they can find your stuff. <laughs> and this is, I mean... I could listen to your story. Oh, yeah, yeah me no, too. I know. I'm this trying to limit fun. myself to not take up all your time. So no, um, no, no, no. But this is thank this you. This is great. Yeah, absolutely. So, no, uh, the website is ghostsneversayboo.com, and um, you'll soon be able to buy my books there. Um, obviously, if you go into Barnes and Noble, you can order them through there or Amazon. You can get them that way too. Um, and then uh, we'll have the third one here, hopefully within a, a few months, will be available as well. Um, if anybody's interested in going on the Alton Hauntings Ghost Tours, you can go to altonhauntings.com. Um, and one other thing I should like to plug is our annual conference that we do every year, oh, the, the Haunted Conf- America Conference. Um, My sister's been to that. She loves oh, it. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I love going to this thing. It's, it's so much fun, and they have such great speakers. Um, but this year, it's going to be back in Alton. And uh, it, it was in Alton every year for a long time, and then it shifted to Decatur. Uh, so now, after a little bit of a hiatus, it's back here in Alton. So great. that's going to be on um, June 19th and 20th, I believe. It's a Friday and a Saturday. Okay. And, um, you know, the, Mark Nesbitt, the speaker, he's a lot of Civil War that's up in the Gettysburg area. He's oh, going to cool. be there for that. And um, they and Troy, obviously, will be there. So some great speakers, and it's always a lot of fun. All right. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Luke. A, and and thank you, Meredith <laughs> and Mavos. We really appreciate your letting us come here and do this. And thanks to anyone watching online. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, the live audience. <laughs> <laughs> so um, should we play a few songs for you guys? Yeah. Everybody okay with that? little music? Okay, we'll play a little music. We'll play a few songs for you that were inspired by some of the topics that we've um, covered on our podcast. Some of them have to do with ghosts and others, other things. (laughs) So we'll just switch it up here. Okay, Okay, this is a song that was um, influenced by a podcast we were working on. 
about um, reptilians. So uh, this one guy, David Icke, he's got a whole mythology based around the fact that um, the British royal family, all of our presidents and everything are actually reptiles from another planet, uh, alien lizards called the Anunnaki, and that they rule the world. And um, so for our election day special last year, we, we talked about the Anunnaki and uh, wrote this song to go with it. <clears throat> and we released this song today. Uh, it's on our EP, El Chupacabra. And this song is called Hadi Illuminati.
Thank you. Oh, thanks. You guys are very kind. Thank you. Okay, uh, this next track was probably, this is directly using ghost story as a metaphor. Um, this song is called Skeleton Key, and it's about, uh, to use the metaphor of, well, the thing is, uh, a lot of people talk about ghosts as being people that walk around and they're just trying to be seen. Um, spirits are just trying to be noticed, and that's why they knock things over and touch us and stuff like that. And uh, this song is about feeling like that in your own life, and it's called The Skeleton Key. I was a ghost without a story, a specter looking for a past. Waiting and just watching all these lives pass by so fast I wrote a tale without a hero, I wrote a song without a tune But our stories need an ending and I hope that ending's you So hear my prayer And let me know that you can see me there Exercise Take my hand and let's go toward the light For you're the skeleton key To set my spirit free tonight I was a grave without a headstone Wandering the forest Alone in a crowd As a soul that's dispossessed I was a murder without a body I was a crime without a scene But all done it's need a who and I hope you'll hear my plea, so hear my prayer And let me know that you can see me there Exercise Take my hand and let's go toward the light For you're the skeleton key to set my spirit free tonight see me there exercise take my hand and let's go toward the night well you're the skeleton key to set my spirit free tonight Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, um, let's do a regular song. Does, Ooh, a regular they song. They don't have to all be ghost songs. They That's just, true. They That's just, true. I just love it when they're all ghost songs. <laughs> 
anyway, um, let's do pretend. And uh, so this next song is about growing up in a small town. And Alton's kind of a small town, but it's close enough to a big city where it's kind of uh, um, still suburban. And I, I had the same kind of experience. I grew up in a town called Big Bend, Wisconsin, um, which uh, was a suburb of Milwaukee and population about 1250. Real, like, lot Including of, the cows? <laughs> well, with the, with the cows, it was actually like 3,500. Um, but uh, so sometimes you feel that uh, a lot of the people that um, have left the town, um, well, you want to catch up with them, but, but they kind of feel like the people that have left have passed you by. And this song is uh, about that, and it's called Pretend. Because I didn't know how to grow up Maybe that's why I feel so old My life flashes before my eyes Maybe we can talk over a beer About the way we think things ought to be We can try to remember how we got here And whatever And whatever became of me Wouldn't it be fun to pretend That the earth was round and we were 16 again We could drive all night Until the sun comes up, my friend And I listen for your name in the wind And I think I missed the train Well, I guess I should have bought a ticket I don't think I ever changed Time slips by and I'm still the same We were running hand in hand Well, I didn't know you'd go so fast That's why I just don't understand How you reach your destination And I'm still living in the past Wouldn't it be fun to pretend? The earth was round and we were 16 again We could drive all night until the sun comes up, my friend And I listen for your name in the wind I'm the last one standing here Just a rabbit I'm just a rabbit in the museum of my life I'll be waiting Well, I'll be waiting when you come back I'll be the one who's just a step, just a step behind the time. Wouldn't it be fun to pretend that the earth was round and we were 16 again? We could drive all night until the sun comes up, my friend, and I listen for your name in the wind. And I listen. For your name in the wind. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, let's do a couple more for him. I think we should do another one from the podcast. Um, a couple weeks ago, we lost one of our personal heroes, and that's Leonard Nimoy. Um, growing up, 
watch his show in search of all the time. And that was one of the first things. Like, Mr. Spock made it cool to like UFOs. And um, I'll always love him for that. And just the, the breadth of awesome things that Leonard Nimoy did. He just was an inspiration. So we devoted an entire episode to him. And uh, just to talk about the cool stuff that he'd done. And, um, well, no one else was using this metaphor to do a tribute to Leonard Nimoy. Um, there's, a, there's a movie called Star Trek V. And Star Trek V is pretty fairly maligned um, as a horrible movie. It's William Shatner directed it. Um, I don't know what they were expecting. And uh, in it, Spock's brother, who they never talked about in the TV series, um, was looking for Vulcan heaven. And he thought he'd find the source of all creation at the center of the galaxy. And the name of the planet he was looking for was Shakari. So um, we thought we'd call a song Shakari and dedicate it to Mr. Spock. And here it is. Being young ain't always fun and growing up ain't easy When you're just a little different and your best friend is your TV You might never be a hero or get along with your peers But you might learn to be human from a dude with pointy ears Well, the bad guys were always wrong and the good guys always won And we learned how to play the game but now my favorite shows, they all star anti-heroes And reruns just ain't the same In a world a little sick, we could use some more logic And who taught you the needs of the many Are greater than the needs of the one And who taught you that just wearing a goatee Makes you an evil son of a gun Well, the only one who tried to talk To the devil in the dark Cause you were bred from different stock Like those of us who missed the mark See you in Shakari, my mister Mr. Spock stopped the jocks taking over in Space Seed And he always kept his cool when Bones would call him a half-breed And we all tried the nerve pinch on other kids on the playground Till 14 at least I still believe that move could knock you out Damn, In Search Of was the show that made it cool for UFOs It weirded out my little mind as embarrassing as it could get We sang a song about the hobbit Somebody must have been high In a world a little sick We could use some more logic And who taught you The needs of the many Are greater than the needs of the one And who taught you Just wearing a goatee Makes you an evil son of a gun From Captain Kirk's super ego Into the dark mind of Van Gogh So much of what I know came from your heart We'll see you in Shakari, my mister
Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. You guys are really nice. It's exciting to be here in Alton for the very first time. We've never, never. Yeah. And the, the best part is, is that every time I go into a town, I try to go on the haunted tour. And we did one better by bringing the haunted right. tour to us here. So this is even, this is yes. even better. Yes. Really, really tremendous. So much so, fun. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we'll play this song and then let everybody relax and enjoy their coffee. Yeah. But thank you very much for hanging out thank with so today much, and putting Thanks up with us and <laughs> all that. Appreciate thank you very it. much to Meredith and Tia and Mavis. Yes, thank you. You guys are Meredith. really sweet. And the coffee was excellent. <laughs> I mean, it's the coffee was excellent, which is great right here. So I'm having a nice time. Anyway. Um, this song is dedicated to anybody in love. Uh, this is, yeah. So if you're in love, and especially at home, if you're in love, this song is for you. I hope your best years passed you up you died on smallpox island i hope you have an ugly boyfriend i hope you're working at a car wash i hope your life went down the drain and everything is not okay i hope your best years passed you up i hope your life sucks Yeah. Eat me, I'm just too numb to care. Yeah. Eat me, I'm just too numb to care. Yeah. 
wash I hope your life went down the drain And everything is not okay I hope your best years pass you do 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 Thank you. Such a negative way to end the show. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> I don't mean you guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you for spending your Tuesday night with us. Happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side. <laughs>